Welcome to Let's Chat. My name is Taylor, and this is Ethos, a young adult community located in Southern California. This week, we discuss if we can indeed be a Christian and blank. Also, we talk about what questions we are really asking and how to live our life in a light of the new direction Jesus invites us into. Let's dive into this conversation with Annalyn, Ray, and Charles. Let's chat, dude. Let's chat. Let's chat. Yeah. So this week on Let's Chat, we got uh, we got myself, Charles, uh, Ray, and Annalyn, and uh, we're jumping into some conversations around questions that you've asked. So uh, as we answer these, if we answer your question, that'd be awesome. And if you have other questions, things you want us to talk about, please feel free to shoot them in the comments below on our YouTube. Or if you follow us on Instagram or in those places, you can always DM us with questions you might have. Uh, we will try our best to answer. We are by no means experts. Uh, but we are people that are navigating some of these conversations around, you know, race and politics and suffering and pain and the world that we're in. And, and it is a weird, weird world. And, uh, and this week, um, we're just going to jump into some conversations around some of the reality of the political sphere and some of the ways that we might really wrestle with how can we be Christian and fill in the blank. So, um, Ray, kick us off, man. If Jesus were a registered voter, what side of the political spectrum would he be on? The pizza party. Um, yeah. The, bir- the birthday party. <laughs> that's, um, that's Kanye's political party. The birthday party. Um, you mean on Kanye's party? Is that what you're trying to say? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not saying that. It's a joke. Um, okay. So I think that question's funny um, because I, I think one of two things. One, people are trying to pull Jesus onto their side of yeah. the spectrum. That's usually how it goes. Yeah. Like, that's what we see. Be on my so side. Yeah, yeah. Um, or they're looking to Jesus to tell them how to vote. Yeah. Just because there's, it makes sense. Yeah. Like there's so much, there's so much out there. Um, so as I thought about this question, I mean, I went to, to John 18 um, when Jesus is getting arrested, um, and they're pressing him, and you know, are you the King of the Jews? Like Jesus' charge, Jesus is, is good. Jesus's charges were political. Yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, and his response is that my kingdom is not of this world. Yes. Um, so it's like, I mean, <laughs> there it is right there. His, yeah, his yeah. kingdom's not, a, not of this world. Um, and what I've found, and, you know, I can, we can go into that passage, like, in all kinds of different ways, but what I've found is, like, you know, as followers of Jesus, our kingdom is also not of this world. And we can look to Jesus not for the how when it comes to politics in terms of, like, how we should vote, mm-hmm. but more so the what. Mm-hmm. So, like, um, you know, when it comes to Jesus, like, obviously, like, it's, it's all, all about love. Um, you know, we're, we know what we're about looking at Jesus. We're about the vulnerable, right, the unborn, marginalized, um, you know, minority, black and brown communities, the immigrant, the refugee. Um, we know those things looking at Jesus. But um, as for the how, like, I think we can defer there because I, I'm not trying to be the guy who's like, politics are bad like politics are important like especially in in america like you know it's it's one of the most powerful countries in the world like a lot of good things can come out of politics so it's it's good to know where we stand but you could have someone on the right who who looks at the poor and does genuinely want what's best for them but says maybe not so much government uh, maybe less taxes to open the door for business entrepreneurship whatever you have people on the left who are like we should be helping them welfare different programs and things like that there's people on both sides there who love their neighbor, who want to help the poor and do what Jesus said, but their approach is different. And I think that, um, 
we just need to look at it, and that way we can defer in our views. Um, and I think, it's, I think it's important to understand the fact that people could be Christian and think differently when it comes to politics. Because again, Jesus' kingdom is not of this world. His agenda is about more than politics. Um, so again, not so much, not so much um, the, the how, but the what. We know what's important. That's crazy. I, you know, it's interesting you brought that up, Ray, because the, there's two places in Scripture that I think of when I think of politics. And I don't know if it's just this year or if it's a broader spectrum, but I, I think of Matthew 5.44 where it talks about loving your enemies. And um, I don't know if anybody has felt this, but basically if you don't think, believe, see, experience life the way that I do in 2020, you've been basically branded like my enemy in some way. And um, it's kind of really stirred a lot of like, you know, the cancel culture that poured out of it, some of the, the issues with people refusing to acknowledge that like racism is real, um, that there's, there's some realities in our world that like, if we could just love our enemies, everybody would be our neighbor. Like we focus a lot on the love your neighbor st- status, but what I love about that passage in, in Jesus' teaching to his disciples in Matthew 540, 540, is that he talks about how you've heard it said, love your neighbor. Like that you've heard other rabbis, other people have taught this. This is not new teaching for you. But to you that follow me, I'm saying love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Which is like he just ratchets up the, the, like, the, the call on those of us that follow Jesus to say, well, I, I don't want to love the people that really don't think the way that I do. I don't want to care about the people that are on the opposite side. I don't want to try to understand them. Like understanding is a word in 2020 that like we've lost. Like, yeah. like, we've lost the ability to sit and have a dialogue and think three different things and actually walk out of it and go, okay, like, I can still care about them as a person. We don't, we don't agree, but we don't have to hate each other. And I, but I feel like that's where we're being pushed so much. We talked about this, like, first couple of episodes is about the social dilemma and about social media and how it has so divided our mentality and our hearts against each other that it's really hard to see each other for who they are which if we believe Jesus and, you know, the Bible of any sorts, is that they are made in the image of God, that every human is made in the image of God, even the ones we don't like, and especially the ones we don't like, because we need to realize that we love them. And, and I mean, that, that I think is probably one of the biggest parts of the whole political spectrum is it's, you can look at the, an ideology and go, they are evil people, rather than go, they're people that maybe have something I don't agree with, or there could be bad things about it. Like, don't get me wrong. There's definitely, like, both sides of it. Like, neither red nor blue is Jesus. Like, uh, t- t- I love the way that Tim Keller frames it about, we have kind of two, o- two options in the red camp, two options in the blue camp, and the middle option is that they talk to each other, and that's the one thing that's missing. And, uh, uh, and, and so I, I think that that's a, that's a reality for us as we think about this idea of, you know, where would Jesus vote? Gosh, I don't know. I, d- I really don't know. But I don't think I have to know that. I, I think I want to know that to kind, of, to kind of defer my responsibility to be an active citizen and somebody who actively cares and loves my neighbor. I think that's what it comes down to, is it's, yeah. it's a way to just defer from loving the person across the street from me that thinks differently from me. Yes, so much of that. Like, I agree. I don't think we need to know. We may never know. I mean, if you remember, you know, to ask him when you see him, you know. Um, and the key is, it's like, I love practicality. So we don't need to know how he would vote to um, know how to walk. And I always come down to this Philippians too. It's considering others higher than yourself. Um, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. So conceit, conceitedness, you know, arrogance and, you know, pride, um, nationalism. 
but in humility count others more significant than yourself. Uh, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. And I think this is broken down, like kind of what you're, you were saying, it's broken down to how we talk to each other in communication. If you are considering someone, uh, someone's interests before yours, um, are you doing more talking than listening? Are you closed off? Are you more set on making your point, or, you know, getting your point across or trying to convince something of, of what you're thinking? Um, and that does wonders in every conversation, like having someone feel heard, you built that connection and you built some understanding and you grow a little bit yourself. And it's not a comfortable growth, but what growth is comfortable? Yeah, I, I love that reminder, Annalyn, from from Paul or yeah, from Paul in Philippians, you know, because it's right, right, right after he says, like, you know, who being in the very nature of God did not consider equality with God a thing to be grasped, who put off his one privilege in order to take the form of a man, then being born in human likeness, so that he would also die the death of a criminal. Like that Jesus himself modeled the removal of the things that brought like privilege in his life in order to sit in the place with those that didn't have something because he recognized because he had the power or the authority to go, I can see where the need is and I can go and make a difference there. Which I think is like such the like Jesus juke of, of our life is that, um, and this happens not just in like, like not just in like uh, whether it's racialism or tribalism, or whatever, but in your own relationships, in your own like personal relationships, when you can recognize that like, oh, there's like, there's beef between us I wonder if that's because I'm perceived as the person in, in a point of privilege. I need to put that off and meet this other person. Like every interpersonal relationship, like conflict can be solved if you can realize that you both are perceived as somebody of power or threat. And if you can remove that, you can step into that dynamic. But the issue is that it's often the person that is, that is in that position of power or privilege that doesn't do that, that causes the other person to then get angry, frustrated, befuddled, grumpy, all the things that lead to the, like, what appears to be rebellion, and that person gets mad, and then you have these divisive things. And that's just played out on a multiplied scale in our culture. And, like, I, I love Jesus' example to say, no, 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 I'll be the first to raise my hand. Let me take off the thing that's going to make you think that I can't be with you or that you don't want to engage with so I can sit with you. And then instead of just sit with you, I will actually take the weight of what you have so that you can thrive. That's like, that's powerful. Like that's the God we, that's the God we serve. That's the Jesus we follow that, um, that gosh, like I, I think it actually could really change. I mean, has changed the world, but I think it could really change the world in some powerful ways. Yeah. Ray, you, I mean, you kind of brought the question up, man. So like, as we've been processing this, we've been talking about this, like, is there anything that you would add you've been thinking about that you're like, um, I, I liked, um, Annalyn said, like, we don't need to know how he, how he would vote if we know how he would walk. Like, I really like that. Just wanted to point that out. But, uh, yeah. And then um, you both talked about understanding, which I think is huge. And I think um, everyone should do it, especially as it relates to politics. But I just think it's so big um, for Christians is, is to understand, you know, how it is people think and why they think the way they do. Because um, there's so much contempt right now, which, you know, yeah. people um, who think, because this person thinks different, like I'm beyond them. And that goes into what you were just saying um, about being like Christ and about, you know, um, really stepping in, into wherever they're at. Um, I, I think it's important that we go out of our way to understand people who think differently. It's caused, I mean, kind of the, the contempt and the lack of understanding has caused like a lot of what we see, you know, cities burning, like Capitol building getting stormed into is because people are so angry. So if anybody's going to step or push back against that, I think, you know, followers of Jesus, um, 
need to take the lead and talk to people who are different than them. You know, I, I found myself falling into some bad um, kind of habit, habits of thinking, I'd say, around the election. Like, how could this person be Christian and vote for blank? You know, like just in all trans. Because their Instagram feed told them to. Because, yeah, uh, exactly. Um, you know, I found myself falling into that, and it was kind of cool. <laughs> One of my best friends who's a Christian and, you know, has pushed me forward in a lot of ways, and we have a very, like, strong iron sharpens iron relationship, voted for someone different than I did. Uh -huh. And I was like, wow. Like, and I really just kind of leaned into that and talked and, and wanted to understand. And I think that um, having that is important for, for the church and for everybody. You know, but, like, yeah. let's get it going. Well, it's voting is yeah. a really interesting thing, too, right, if you think about it, because voting is this, like, manifest thing where it's like you kind of are forced to make a, a binary choice of some level yet what is the one thing over the last probably 20 or 30 years that we've like wrestled with which is like the idea of like a, a this or that yeah. like we've really wrestled to try to find like middle ground pieces and so it's still one area that has these like red blue kanye you know like uh well, however you want to frame that um but but i think what you said i think is really key is um is sitting down and actually talking to people that do think differently than you and no matter who you are, like wherever you live, the people that are on your block or your street or your dorm or your, the cafe you go to, um, there's, there's some similarities. You just have to get outside of even that space to like think, see people that think yeah. differently. You know, like, like maybe there is a park in a different city that you can go sit at and, and meet some people. Maybe go to a different, a different uh, location than your neighborhood that you're in because you begin to see the world a little bit differently and begin to experience people in different spaces. You know, Alan, you're, you're tuning in today from Sacramento. Right. So uh, you have a totally different sphere of the world than us in Southern California. Um, yeah. Th how's any of this uh, resonating with you, like processing with you? Like, what are your thoughts? Oh, for sure. Well, for one, I think that the body of Christ, uh, a church, a friend group should definitely always have diverse perspectives on everything. And and then us Christians being that example can um, show the world how to do it well. And living in Sacramento, I just recently moved to Midtown, which is basically on the grid, a uh, few blocks from downtown. Like I'm really close to everything. And in contrast to uh, suburbia, it's a whole different thing. Like the city I lived in before was very red, you know, very red in that sense. And um, there was just no connection with any of my neighbors ever. But living on the grid, living in Midtown, I'm constantly seeing families, people on bikes, people like at different coffee shops, and I'm hearing conversations. And some of it, most of it, it's all kind of crazy. Um, new ageism and all the things that have to do with new spirituality, I'm hearing it all the time. And um, especially living in this like urban area. So it's exhilarating um, and I'm never bored but I'm constantly challenged, constantly growing and finding more empathy for people that I normally wouldn't see if I was just in the suburbs. Um, and seeing people as people, like seeing a homeless person as a person um, because I walk past the same one every day to work, um, it takes me off my pedestal of like, I'm better than you. Or it takes it like, or us and them, kind of theory where you are not separate from me we live in the same city you like we are neighbors again that neighbor concept of shout out Mr. Rogers like you are my neighbor 
therefore I want to love you because I see you and I'm starting to know you. And um, I mean, I have relationships with a few different homeless people in my area. And that's, um, I think it just, I'm like getting like excited because my heart just swells up knowing that that was kind of the love that Jesus was calling us to be and to do. Um, and it's very simple. Yeah, that's good. So, Ari, you started us off in this conversation about politics and about divisiveness, and we kind of kind of gone all over the place. Is there any kind of final insight, word, thing that you have for us as we kind of wrestle with that question as a as young adults? Um, just, I mean, t- talk to people who are different than you. If anything, that's the the big thing. Like. Have your, have your perspective. I like how you talked about people don't want to be an active citizen and they don't want to, like, learn, understand, like, know where you stand, but also, like, don't hold it too tightly. Just talk to people who are different than you. Be ready to take a step back um, from whatever your political view is if it means you could be more like Christ. Um, and why is that? Why is that? Because yeah. <laughs> it's his kingdom, Because it's his kingdom. Yes, his kingdom. we, thank you. Back to John 18. Yeah, um, Yeah. We're, we're, we're about a different kingdom, you know? Um, so Ooh, yes. that's, yep. Uh, that's the, that's kind of the big thing, the big yeah. takeaway I'd say from all of this. Yeah. I, I love that, Ray. I, I really appreciate that and pressing on that. I know that that's big on your heart, which is why I have you part of the conversation, dude. You, yeah. you push us to be better, you know, me and Anna Lynn and, yeah. um, and those of you guys tuning in, uh, hope that this conversation was helpful for you. Hope that it was something for you where you're at today. And again, if, if there's that questions or there's stuff that we say that you're like, that wasn't super clear or that, that maybe didn't, that didn't ring right to me, please let us know. Uh, we know that putting this out on the internet, uh, there's a perception that like we might be more expert than we are and that's not the case. Like we're just three people that are part of a young adult community in Southern California having a conversation about things that we know you're thinking about or that you're processing. And, uh, and we just want to try to be helpful in that and to maybe add a little bit of uh, insight and hope to it and let you know that Jesus does have a kingdom that is different than the one of this world that's red, blue, green, purple. It's one where we are welcome regardless of our race, our ethnicity, our gender, our sex, our past, our present, our future. It is one that he says, I am creating in me and through me, so follow me. And so uh, if you have any questions about that, you can always click the little description link down below and we get you connected to some relationships with real people that have real conversations um, wherever you're at. So have a great week, guys. We hope this was helpful for you and your crew. If you're looking for more information or even more insights on this conversation, head on over to our Instagram at ethos underscore ECC or our webpage at eastside.com slash young adults. We are also meeting in person and online throughout the week. Our in-person gatherings happen at 7 p.m. at our Anaheim campus. We hope you guys have a great week.